Welcome to Empower Humans. Welcome again to the Empower Humans podcast. This is episode 81, day 7 of our continuing coronavirus-related series here. And this is a very special episode. We had a little technical difficulty getting everything put together here. Uh, this had a uh, Zoom interview associated with it with Dr. Nima, which is a very, very special edition here today. Uh, Dr. Nima is a he has kind of a chiropractor background, and he also uh, helps people dissolve their baggage and stress. He works with people's central nervous system and all the faucets of what helps people to get rid and flush out these things that are holding us back as people sometimes and uh, really learn to follow your true path towards happiness and success and joy, alignment in our lives, much like a chiropractor might help align your back and other joints and areas of your body. Uh, he, he does that in a grander scale as well with uh, all these things. So drnima.com, D-R-N-I-M-A.com. And uh, I also am putting a link in our show notes to a five-hour event he's doing this Saturday, that's uh, Saturday, March 28th, I believe. And uh, basically, it's a compressed version of a multi-day event. He does these multi-day events. Uh, just go to that link, find out more information. This uh, may be something that can help you greatly in your life, and I believe in what this guy's bringing to the table. I will say there's a little bit of cursing in the interview on his part. Nothing to be too worried about, but uh, just be aware of that because we don't usually have a lot of that <laughs> on our podcast. But there's a little bit, and I'm not editing it out or anything. Uh, people talk the way they talk, and that's the way it is. And I'm not talking down anybody, but I know some people aren't used to that from our podcast. So just be aware of that. Uh, still excellent, excellent material and insights from Dr. Nima. And I will say we with the Zoom portion, there was uh, a video that also is going to be out on YouTube of this interview. And uh, being my first Zoom interview, I used just the regular webcam on my computer. And that wasn't actually a great idea, it turns out, because it kind of looks like one of those old kung fu movies where I'm, I'm kind of dubbing my own voice over myself. <laughs> You'll see what I'm talking about. It's kind of funny. But the way Zoom works is it kind of cuts back and forth between whoever's talking. And he talked vast majority of the time, uh, as should be expected. I, I do enough talking around here. So uh, look for that interview. Have some fun with my kung fu portion. But uh, the, t the content is where it's at. Uh, again, also visit hope.empowerhumans.com for more information, podcast links. I'm updating all that stuff today. Um, also the memes, all that stuff should be updated by the end of the day. Uh, there's some comic relief through the memes, some links, links to our Facebook group. We can join the conversation and we can discuss all these things uh, and kind of support as, as we deal with this coronavirus, the unemployment and all these things. Let's talk about that for a second before we get into this interview. Uh, I did hear that yesterday uh, was the deadliest day so far, over 200 deaths in the U.S., and uh, it's not that we just care about the U.S. numbers, but I live in the U.S., so I kind of focus in on some of what's going on in the U.S. a little bit more. Um, I want to also talk about the uh, $2 trillion stimulus that was passed. That could be something that uh, it's, it's just something I guess they kind of have to do at this point. But again, it kicks the can down the road of the expenditures of it all. And uh, it sounds like uh, most adults making less than $75,000 a year could get a $1,200 check an additional $500 for uh, each child involved, and if, if married couples, uh, $2,400, so basically double for two people. Sounds like also there might be some what they call pork barrel spending in there of some kind of pet projects of some of these Congress people, and this is what they do. I'm not going to comment on that at the moment, but uh, I, I will say also Elon Musk says that he's reopening his New York factory for uh, ventilator production as well, Elon Musk of Tesla. 
Um, the peak of U.S. deaths is what we're hearing should uh, peak in about three weeks. And uh, also we heard about Prince Charles and Jackson Brown, great uh, old musician, uh, some excellent songs of this uh, guy back in the day, but I digress. Both of these have been diagnosed positive with the coronavirus, so we wish them well. And uh, also, lastly, I will just say Mayor Garcetti of Los Angeles uh, had kind of a grim outlook, sounded like to me, but very at least he was being what he thought realistic as well, which is basically saying that the, Los Angeles essentially is going to be closed down like a lot of cities, especially big cities right now, until at least May, and to be prepared for that to be longer. And he also pointed out that we will see more death than we're used to, and this may touch many of us on an intimate level of people close to us that we love and care about. So all things to keep in mind, but I will, before we get into this interview, uh, I want us all to remain very, very positive. I'm very positive about all this, and I'm grateful in some ways for this experience because I think it'll bring out a lot more good and gratitude out of us as people. I hope a lot more unity as well because everything we're doing has to do with a kind of a united front as as humanity to work together to overcome something. And we've done this before on various levels in various ways. Um, and so I, I just hope that you'll maintain that positive outlook with us. And again, go to our Facebook group, hope.empowerhumans.com, get some comic relief as well, find some balance, and let's get through this together. Without further ado, here is our interview with the one and only Dr. Nima. Welcome again, everyone, to the Empower Humans podcast. This is the first for us doing it as a Zoom, and we're going to be doing a lot more of these. I appreciate Dr. Nima. He actually suggested, hey, why don't we do it as Zoom? And he's got that fancy headset, and I've got my mic plugged in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Dr. Nima, uh, is it Ramani? But you go by Correct. Dr. Nima. Yeah, You're- everybody calls me Nima or Dr. Nima. Yeah. Cool. And I feel mm-hmm. privileged because it sounds to me like a lot of the stuff that you do can help not only tons and tons of people out there but probably me personally we all have triggers we all have things that we can fine-tune in our lives and and i understand you it's i've heard it said that you're a chiropractor turned edutainer what's that about what's an edutainer um well first and foremost everybody who i talk to is like oh i could benefit from that and i kind of giggle when i'm trying to do like find who my target market is that i'm reaching and it's like really anybody with a nervous system. <laughs> so it, it, it helps everybody. But but speaking of the nervous system, I'm a geek for the nervous system. I'm just so fascinated by the way that if you have conscious awareness and simply by applying certain forces and techniques to the nervous system, you can transform the state of the health of the body. <clears throat> so I sp- spent this the first 18 years well, still to this day, uh, back in 2001 when I graduated Canadian Memorial Chiropractic College, um, I just was so curious about helping people heal from their life challenges, like with their stress, with their aches and pains, and whatever's happening in their body just by adjusting the nervous system. And slowly over time, I discovered after 10, 15 years, every chiropractor who's been practicing for long enough can't ignore the emotional component to what's happening in their health. And so I would talk about it, but then I didn't feel right teaching my, um, you know, saying, yeah, you got to deal with the stress, sending to a psychologist or whatever. I didn't feel that they were really getting the tools, you know, or they go to the doctor and they would get pills, not skills. 
Mm. You know, and I would always say, I wrote a rap song, Pills Don't Teach Skills. And I'm so this edutainer thing came from the fact <laughs> that I'm trying to convey a message and it's just not landing with people. People, I'm just, I'm perceiving that they're not getting it or they're not getting it because they're so in an unconscious state. So I started creating like little videos on YouTube little kind of um, spinal therapy videos. I did this really funny one with like dancing, uh, mm -hmm. you know, get an adjustment and then the person's dancing. It's all, it's called the power of the adjustment and it kind of went viral among chiropractors. Yeah. <laughs> and I realized that when people would watch that, they would be like, ah, and it's kind of like when you are entertaining and you're conveying a message, somebody's talking, it's great, but when you're conveying a message that you want to inspire change, you can't just give them information, right? You can't just keep giving information. You have to right, right. open up the, the trap door of their, their fears and their protective mechanisms, which are natural, by doing something that's going to drop that. So en entertaining is necessary before really letting an edu education land. Yeah. So I created the edutainer. That's, no, <laughs> That's I love what that. I do now. So no, whenever I'm teaching, whenever I'm teaching, I'm trying to do it in an entertaining way. I'm using story. I'm using life example. I'm using humor. I'm using my shame. So the whole purpose is the creative expression of what's in my heart, which is teaching you how to heal your nervous system. But I'm doing it in a fun way so that you can, you're not bored to shit doing it. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's uh, the way anyone needs to get a message across really totally. these days or ever. I mean, mm -hmm. anyone given a speech, you got you to gotta tell some jokes. You got to get people kind of. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, Phil. You're right. Absolutely. You're, you listen to talks. You, you can watch in a video for the first two minutes when you feel an inauthentic expression. There's something off with them and you don't know because they're, most of us are putting on a mask, right? And deep down our nervous systems, we sense that when a person isn't attuned with themselves, when they've abandoned themselves and they're worried about our approval, they've abandoned themselves and we're worried, yeah. what do people think of me? I can see that in you. Yeah. And so what, what, what that means is if you really want to get your heart across, you have to first get connected to your heart. So it makes it 10 times more important for leaders, speakers, interviewers, entrepreneurs who have a message to learn how to drop that thing that's in between them and their heart. And so that's where healing comes. I see. Okay, let's get into all that. And also I want to touch on in a little bit some of how this all applies to what's going on currently in the world. Someone totally. may be watching this hopefully in a year or two or 10, this virus thing is not an mm -hmm. issue anymore, but we'll get into some of that as well. T tell me a little before we get into kind of your methodology here. Yeah. What, what is it that brought you to this place as far as chiropractic and then the other, uh, just the other things that just the other things it? that I'm doing, like why yeah. the hell I'm, I crack backs for a living. Why am I talking about all of this spirituality stuff? Well, like it's all what the hell? It yeah. Is, right. Clearly. What the hell? Like what get, like, you know, I can already hear the skeptics. They'll be saying like, you're not an expert in this. Like, what are you doing? And I, and I, I, I beg to differ. I'm, I'm, I am the expert in like how your, how distress in your nervous system <clears throat> manifests itself physically. That's what I'm a genius at. Right. <laughs> and when people come in, when you go to a chiropractor, you are dealing with various stages of pain. And sometimes it's an injury, you slipped and fell, okay, or shoveling or whatever, which is common. No. But most of the time, 
what brought people in was a series of events that led to a stress that led to per persistent load on the body that was unconscious because they were carrying something emotionally. And there was a sudden breakdown, a sudden over, like now the body can't adapt. And so <clears throat> over five, 10 years, I kept seeing patterns and I looked, these are I'm dealing with just people with stress related disorders. Mm -hmm. So then I, I was like, okay, well, I just, I dealt with a lot of anxiety in my childhood. I had abandonment stuff. I had trauma. I had dealt with anxiety was the way it would show up for me. Yeah. So I yeah. would really do a lot of personal development to try to, you know, work through my anxiety. And so I would do cognitive work and try to think, you know, rethink my way out of the problem and change the story up here. I didn't know that I was ignoring the body. I was trying to deny the pain. But as soon as I started shifting that, I started noticing changes in my outlook and my perspective and my sense of power and my sense of grounding. And so I just started noticing that patients who were coming in with these stress-related problems, they weren't getting better unless they learned how to they learned about their nervous system. They learned about how things break down and what a, what, a, what a healthy system requires. So now they're walking around conscious. So I'm like, how do I do that? Because I can't do it in an office. So I created a three-hour workshop mm -hmm. that I would do on Saturday mornings called Life Skills for a Stressful World. Oh. I loved it. I would come in and I'd be really like sharing everything I've ever learned along my journey for myself that's been useful integrating yeah. like everything. I'm like, guys, you got to try this. You got to do this. And I, what I would notice is the three hour days, mornings were more enjoyable to me than going into the office on uh, Monday and dealing with the same problems. I really wanted to see those people who were seekers, who were, who were explorers inward bound. Those were the people I really love to work with because I love to just to listen, to hold a mirror, to check their physiology, to do their adjustments. And it would just be more enjoyable to work with those people because they would have a deeper connection. I had a deeper connection with them. There was more intimacy. I was more involved in a way of giving them kind of places to aim their, their focus to, right? Where to pay attention to is really what I was teaching them. Right. And right. when I did that, it was like, holy crap they would get better and slow to make a long story short. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that three hour day, that three hour Saturday morning has now turned into three day live event that I do all over the world. I retired wow. from my full-time chiropractic practice three, four years ago, made the leap, the scary leap that terrified me to leave a comfortable job. My parents thought I was freaking crazy. Uh, to this day, they're still not quite sure about it. <laughs> they have this secret fantasy that I will always go back uh, to being yeah. a chiropractor and, you know, just get rid of this dream. And uh, there's nothing that's stopping me because now what I noticed and observed <clears throat> is that the stress-related disorders that everybody's actually dealing with come from some sort of fracture in the relationship in our relationship. So in yeah. other words, there's an entanglement energetically in the neurobiology between them and another person. There's an attachment and the broken attachment is causing a dysregulation of a nervous system, which is then stressing the body, which is then coming in and creating these health problems. So you see, I just started mm -hmm. going upstream and teaching people that if we can heal our attachment wounds, the ones where 
that are caused by these broken down relationships, if we can actually heal those, and the way we heal those is by going to our primitive ones, our mother and father, and then going to the, not only just, but not stopping there, going to theirs and their parents and their parents and looking at the whole family of origin story of the like the cycles of intergenerational trauma of people who yeah. don't know how to really love themselves, see themselves, have gotten deep trauma, scarcity trauma. If you were raised in the Great Depression, okay, you had Nazi Germany, you, you were raised in these deep traumatic periods through war and depressed, Great Depression, you know, like, like right now, coronavirus that's happening. It is going to create a collective trauma on the entire um, nervous systems of the planet, much like in the Great Depression. Yeah, wow. Okay, much like in 9-11. We're dealing with that right now. And the thing mm -hmm. is, is that we're carrying those with us. Mm -hmm. So by the time it reaches the point where you have like chronic headaches, like we got to keep going upstream. Like the, we can fix the headaches, but those are still there. And so what I've done, I, I, I kind of got this a few years ago. This is why I left because yeah. we're in the midst of a tsunami flood of people recognizing that they're the product of intergenerational trauma. And we're now like, we're like, we're in a, we're in a time, especially now is awakening. It's like, oh my God, like I, I got to deal with my traumas. This isn't coming from me. This is all like from the great depression. And the, these are one crisis period after another in the collective nervous systems that are passed down from our generations. And now we're freaking sitting in it. Mm. This is very, very interesting. And I, you know, I personally have gone to therapy and things too. And I, uh, I don't remember what it's called, but there's like a genealogy kind of chart you can do where you mm -hmm. break down different <clears throat> triggers and things that go on there. Yeah. And, and I like that you call your method, the overview method, because Correct. it's kind of a big picture. It sounds like a lot of what you're saying is, is kind of chain reaction stuff. Everything. Look at it it's from the big picture. Over, you nailed it. You just nailed it. That's why I call it the overview method. Look at that picture right there. See yeah. that, that picture behind me? What picture. is that? <laughs> that's, that's earth. It looks like to me. Earth from, from the moon. Yeah. So it's a constant reminder to me of where my perspective actually is wise to be. And now it's like more like useful than ever because I'm looking at everything from a global perspective. It's an ability to go out and see the big picture. And the bigger the picture that you see, the more you have a say, the more agency you have in being able to have a say in create, creating your experience. If you can't see the big picture, you have no, nowhere to put yourself. Yeah. Right? How, how then when you start to look at that big picture, because we've talked about this in the podcast before. I always kind of use the analogy, you know, in the movies where it's like there's a house and then they, they kind of pan out and you see the neighborhood. Oh, yeah, and, the city, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you see the, I love that. That's, and it's that's my favorite. And it's kind of an analogy, it sounds like, for what you're doing and for what a lot of... That's, that's my favorite. Is. And Phil, that's my favorite analogy. I do that. That's part of the overview method. What you just said there is I oh. get my clients, when I'm working with them, we do that with them. We actually get them to zoom out from where they are, as sitting where you are, and observing yourself in this moment from the moon. Yeah, and there's no better way than to, to get a clear idea of how things are interconnected. You get to the truth. Yeah. To get to the in truth, one place and see how it connects to the other places, right? Can, so and and to heal it and to heal a relate. And so I started realizing that where my focus and attention should be, if I really want to make the biggest impact, is to teach people how to love better within relationships. Yeah, 
because because the breakdowns of that are what's going to impact the health of the entire like the entire human race how do people do that how do we love better in now we say relationships a lot of times people think of a romantic intimate not thing. just no every that's every one, relationship yeah it's friendships that's brother uh-huh. sister all the, all the parents cousins See, yeah even in, in a business relationship love if i'm present with you right yeah. now like in the conversation that we're having right now mm-hmm. i'm feeling mm-hmm. you're very present a lot way more present with me like we are now in a very regulated state I've carefully made sure in every relationship that I ever get into because of my ability to get into my body and then create this field between us where there's an absolute kind of connection that even though it's business, that's what love is. That's what love is. It doesn't, we we don't have to, you know, make it romantic or person like, or like, but if you can actually have somebody feel in your, when you're in your, in, in, in with them, they feel that you are with them and you're present to them and you're attuned to them. There's this, there's no other way to describe it other than love. If you can create that around you, it's a magical skill that you can learn that I had to learn because I figured that that was all that mattered was my ability to actually create a space around me so that people felt loved. People felt seen, people felt understood, even if it was a business arrangement. When I go get coffee, I'm looking at the person and I'm not faking. I'm not pretending. I'm like, hey, how's it going for you? I just want to say thank you for, you know, being here. Cop cars are walking by. Cop cars are driving, looking at the chaos all around with the COVID-19. People are, you know, breaking stuff, everything. Cop cars are there. And as a red light, I pull up to them, social distancing, minimum of six feet, get them to roll it down. And I'm like, I just wanted to let you guys know that I really appreciate what you're doing out here. Like, it's not a great time to be a cop. And I just want you to appreciate it. And they were like, thanks, man. And I was just like, boom. Like, if Thank I'm you. there in my heart, I'm literally walking around as a source of love for everybody. And then what happens is your re- toxic relationship that you are playing victim to starts to heal. That connection with uh, your you know, business partner uh, it, it, it starts to transform. You guys are all kind of on the same team because you're not seeing an us versus them, fight or flight, sympathetic response, fear, threat, because you're not walking around in a constant state of threat. Mm. And what the product of us walking around in an intergenerational trauma situation that we're completely unconscious of is that we're all walking around feeling threatened by one another. Mm. And if I feel threatened by you, then my nervous system starts to get attuned in such a way that it only picks up fine details in your movement and the words that you choose. And I'm looking for evidence that you are a perpetrator. Mm. Okay. I will basically walk around seeing perpetrators everywhere if I'm just not feeling safe in my body. Well, and how does that, thanks for explaining all that. How does that relate when we talk about triggers, you talk about abandonment, you know, I've got some yeah. of that in my life and totally. everyone, everyone seems to have some sort of trauma. We all do. We, we have these collective experiences mm-hmm. like coronavirus or 9-11 or various, yeah. the Great Depression <clears throat> that you mentioned. Totally. How does the trigger element play into it? And then how do people then handle conflict in these Good. relationships? Great, great question. Your nervous system will let you know exactly the parts of you that have been holding on to trauma. In other words, the unhealed parts of you. Your nervous system lets you know. Guess how? How? 
through your triggers. Okay. Yeah. And explain what a trigger is because some people listening, watching may not know. Yeah. A trigger is when um, you're walking around. Okay. I'll, I'll give you the whole big picture of what a trigger is. Okay. If I uh, twist my ankle when I'm, you know, seven years old trying to, you know, run and it heals wrong. There's always this little wound there. If it doesn't really heal properly, if I don't get the right um, kind of therapeutics done, the modalities to heal that, there will always be a restricted range of motion. There will always be a little pain point. And that sensitivity is an activation, is a mild activation where the nervous system has kind of like, it's building up pressure. And then a trigger is an external stimulus that's given to you could be in just a look from your father. <laughs> okay, let me give you an example. Let's say your father was really like, like got, he would lose his, like fucking lose it on you, Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And always throughout your life, you didn't feel that safety feeling in your body, Phil. As you walk, as you walk uh, through life and you, let's say you date somebody who turns out, you know, a little bit angry, upset one day, and then all of a sudden they go into, or your boss, for example, goes in and then he gets upset based on something that happens. He, he raises his voice just a little bit, boom, all of a sudden you get what's called a trigger. You get activated. It's an activation of your nervous system that we attribute to the thing that's happening there, but it's not about your boss. It's not about your partner. As one of my, uh, you know, one of the clients who reached out to me on a discovery call said yesterday, she goes, when my husband talks to me, I see my mother. I'm like, ah, uh -huh, okay. What that, that takes means, maturity. Yeah, go ahead. We'll talk more. Well, of course. But yeah, but that takes maturity. So does a healthy relationship. <laughs> well, it's, it's natural for the wife to go maybe to a place to say, uh, you're abusing me or you're something. When totally. in reality, what it is, is it's trigger from, in this case, the trigger mother. Trigger from the mom. Yeah, exactly. That's why it, it takes maturity. It's, a bit, it it's an overview. It's a bigger picture. It, this is the work. This is the work I help guide people to. I mean, it's simple. As she's done some work, she was, she's been doing work. She's been doing therapy work. And so that's why they reach out to me. And they're like, okay, I've done therapy. You know, I'm supposed to be done. What's the deal? And I'm like, dude, like this is in your body. It's a, it's a, it's a mechanism that when somebody raises their voice right now to this day, Phil, or if I'm talking with my dad and his voice goes up, I fucking like I, my body goes into this altered state. Okay. Mm -hmm. And because I'm on, if I'm unconscious of that, what'll happen is I will walk around not going places because of, I'm afraid of that thing coming up. And what happens is then we don't go places and then we keep avoiding. And then what happens is our, our world gets smaller and smaller. And these fears of being activated from those old wounds cause us to play small, cause us to stay where we are, cause us to fear going outside into the cave, into the outside world. Mm. And our hero's journey is all about going back there and healing from those wounds so that when you're around dad, this is how I'm able to salvage a relationship with him, even though we still have challenges, um, to be prepared in my heart before and taking care of the little boy that felt so like scared 
when he was being yelled at by his father and going and looking at him and telling him each time it wasn't about you. Mm. It wasn't about you. It was your, it was your dad. He just, he, he doesn't have an ability to, 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 to calm his, his anger. He doesn't, he doesn't know that what, what, what's, what you're bringing up for him is feelings he doesn't know how to, re, how to resolve. And I've had that conversation with my younger self. <laughs> and I continue to have it because when I'm around my father and it comes up, then I know exactly how to trigger proof myself. Yeah. Trigger proofing means to take the trigger and turn it into an access point of deeper self-love so that I can then show up and use the conflict that just happened instead of saying, screw you, I don't want to talk to you for five years, which is what most of us do because we don't know how to manage our triggers. What we're saying is you bring up so much in me that I don't know how to manage in myself. And because of you, because I can't, because I'm so blinded by my triggers, I can't see what I'm bringing up for you, dad. I can't really think about what's going on for you because I just want you to see me. And if I'm so triggered and I haven't taken care of myself, then I can never, I'm never able to see empathetically what mm. I am from an overview perspective as a son am bringing up for a father. Is there, thank you for explaining that too. Is there a way with that? I'm sure there is. What is deep, your deep of inner thought? work, deep yeah. inner healing work? The only way that I have access to seeing you or anyone in my, in my field is I fully am grounded and seeing myself, the parts of me that I abandoned ever since I was a kid when those traumas happen. When we go through these traumas, we go through fight. So we fight, we go through flight, run away, or what most of us do called the third one, the freeze response. We're mm. fawning where it's like stopping and just like playing dead because biologically, when we play dead, you know, it's like if, if this predator is going to eat me, I'm going to leave my body so I don't have to feel the pain. Or, or I'm just going, you know, it's just like, it's just, I'm just so depressed. I'm just stopped. Or I can just play dead and then they'll leave me alone. So that's the dissociation. This is what most people do. This is when they go into dorsal vagal shutdown. And so your relationships will tell you exactly where you're at with that. You're like the quality, like how you show up when you're triggered is completely unconscious. So it's on us to first learn how, what my, what my safety mechanisms were and why that totally makes sense for me. Why does that make sense? Oh my gosh, of course it makes, that's how I reacted. That's how I responded. So when I go unconscious, when I get triggered, I know exactly the steps to make to then go, okay, I'm unconscious right now. It feels like shit. This is probably the hardest part, the most difficult part of this process. That's why this is a practice, Phil. And that's why this is a lifelong practice. This is what Buddhist monks have dedicated their entire life to, to studying right. is the right. ability to take external stimuli that are coming at you. Mm -hmm. And instead of abandoning yourself like you did at that age, you know, whether you're like running away and going freezing or placating, fawning, saying, okay, what can I do to make it better so I can feel safe? You then go back to the little boy who abandoned himself, Phil, uh, to, to be safe, 
and you then give him what he was most needing. So that's a somatic body-based approach. And once you've done that, then therapeutics can be effective. If you leave out this physiological part, which is 80% of the system, the 20% cognitive that we're dealing with in talk therapy to sort out our problems can actually work. Because if we do that without dealing with the roots, the, not, the pre-verbal body-based responses to these triggers, if we can do that first, then the therapeutic conversations are meaningful. Without that first, talk therapy is, you know, just maybe a little bit of a waste of time. So it sounds, yeah, it sounds like a lot of what you're saying is we need to heal ourselves. And a lot of people look at this as... I need to go to dad and say, dad, you did this to me and hope that he says, I'm sorry. And then it's that's that way. The and that can happen and it might not. And that can't be the basis for our healing. Oh, you nailed it. You nailed it right there. Most people think healing is this. I'm going to confront my dad and tell him what an asshole I think he was. <laughs> and so what you're basically doing is that's your childlike state going for daddy and asking for daddy's approval so that daddy can then turn around and then say, there, there, son, I love you. That's what I've always wanted, right? And then I realized that, that when I approach that and I go from that victim standpoint, the dad who himself is traumatized, that's why he acted in his unconscious ways, takes that as an attack. And to his ego, because he doesn't know this work, he doesn't know how to dance with his own ego, because that's what happens is you really get an awareness of your ego. I call it dancing with your dark passenger. Dad doesn't know how to dance with his dark passenger. Soon as you say, dad, you hurt me, what you're wanting to hear from dad at that point is, Phil, I see you. It must have been really tough for you to go through what you did. Like, I know there were nights where I left you lonely. I left you so-and-so. Um, I didn't acknowledge you. I missed your high school baseball. That must have been horrible for you, feeling lonely, feeling this. Like, this is what you want, right? But dad doesn't know how to do that. He hasn't learned how to heal himself because a truly healed individual would be able to go, oh, my God, let me, uh, let me see the impact on you wow, that was a really horrific impact that I had on you, son. Because the father would have to be able to be in touch with his own emotions and his own pain from his own traumas and connect with those parts of him to really feel the pain. But the thing is, he's cut himself off from that pain. So he doesn't feel his own pain. So there's no way that he's going to be able to feel your pain. Mm. And until I got that, I was unable to heal with my father. And in that moment, I was like, oh my gosh, like his mother died when he was 14. He shut down in feeling anything. He left his body at then and didn't, was, wasn't able to feel anything. And so through that, growing up that way, you don't have a self-identity because you've lost yourself. So what do you need? You need recognition. You need outside people to validate your experience. That's yeah. how he grew up. And so that's why if his identity isn't validated with positive experience and he's criticized, he can't handle it because it just defeats this whole false identity that he's put up. Wow. Right. And this is all of us, right? Can you relate to this, Phil? Yeah. Well, I, and I think too, uh, we have to empathize a little bit with this older generation to the extent that they didn't learn to no. talk about it. Like my grandfather, my dad talks about, he, 
He's a, he was a farm boy, the youngest of 12 kids. And he, he didn't just, know how to talk. He was born to be a worker. No. And nah. he, I think dealt with depression. My dad as well. He never said, I love you. This I've heard yeah. my dad get very emotional at telling me this stuff that, yeah. that later in life, he said, you, you know, I love you, son. And my dad starts tearing up telling, and it was just that one quote unquote little thing. If he'd done regularly, like I, for one, I have two boys myself. I tell him, I love you a thousand times a day. If I say it once. Exactly. And that's not to toot my horn. But no. we need to empathize with this generation that didn't, like you talk about the father lost totally. his mother and they didn't know how to handle these. They didn't have therapy the same way we do. They just, yeah. especially the men, men were trained Yeah, just hide. suck it up. Just yeah. kind of, just, just, just deal with it. Don't be, don't show your weakness. You yeah. should just put out a one-sided kind of thing, right? And so what I saw then was that every time I was telling my dad, dad, I want to be seen or I'm giving him feedback, he's taking it as an attack, right? Because he doesn't know how to, Mm. he doesn't know how to connect. And I'm just like, wow, no wonder there's always this wall there. And then I'm talking to other people and I was like, dude, me too, me too. Everyone in my generation, me too. Like, I have two friends that I've grown up with, okay? Both are doctors, okay? And both of them have spent large amount of time, like years, not speaking to their fathers. They don't have a good relationship with their dads. And I can empathize with them because all three of our dads are buddies. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay? All three of our dad, we all grew up together. So our dads are all buddies, Mm. right? And they all have strained relationships with their sons. And this is an epidemic. Now we've now seen this rise of, of men's groups because now it's starting to change the conversation. Men are starting to go, look, I'm going to break that cycle by being able to get myself in touch with my own feelings that generation after generation was not done. This is where, this is where we, we are. And, and then here's the thing. This is, we've been talking about this a long time, this, this mass awakening that's coming. There's an awakening that's coming. It's kind of like this doomsday apocalypse that all this, you know, that spiritual teachers were talking about and that people are like, ah, oh, come on. That's a bunch of conspiracy theory. Be a, and now, boom, here we are. We are in a global mass awakening to people realizing that they can't run away from their traumas anymore. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And I, I couldn't agree more. We, uh, awakening is kind of an individual choice that we might do collectively as a s- global society. But, uh, Awaken t- or die. <laughs> That's yeah. what's happening. And, and for a long time, there was this whole thing. And, and there's still probably some validity to positive thinking. But you talk about no positive thinking. You talk about uh, balanced, authentic, and whole mm. thinking. What, what is the difference there? Yeah, um, great question. Um, positive thinking, a lot of times, it's what I call kind of spiritual bypassing. There's a reality to us. We have a light and a dark. We, there's a dark side to me. And if I just um, <clears throat> if I just show up on this interview trying to hide that part of me, you'll feel energetically um, a break in, in the authenticity. You'll be like, ah, oh, this guy's full of shit. Eh, look again. I don't trust him. Right? He's hiding be- from something. He's hiding from something, clearly, yeah. because deep down, you know that there's a two-sided species. We're a two-sided. Everything has two sides. Your kids, 
you just they're just just as much assholes as they are sweethearts okay and so are you <laughs> like it's just everything's got that. a two side <clears throat> and everything has a two side everything's a two sided coin and so the way that we become powerful and more resilient and have our nervous systems be more increasing in our capacity to handle whatever challenges and crises come our way because hello this is what's happening around us um the better more adaptable we are so if i have a one-sided fantasy when the reality of the other side kicks in like i'm just gonna i'm, I'm gonna be completely dysregulated i can't keep up the fucking uh, like like the act anymore i, I, mm. I like it's exhausting <clears throat> putting out an act of positivity of one-sidedness that you put out and many times people go out there and this is what happens the one-sided thinking this is this is the, the consequence of it whenever you go out in the real world and you're putting out this show this one-sided thinking okay the yeah. other side is there so you come home guess who gets to see it yeah the people you love most <laughs> exactly exactly and so and then your health starts to 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 really get you know in distress one of our clients basically was like every night he comes home like she's got to rub my shoulder because of this tense ball of muscle of tension like for three hours digging her elbows like i can't and it's just because he's got to go out there because he doesn't know how to say no he doesn't know how to have boundaries he has no ability to have boundaries because he's so dissociated from himself. He's so having to do, 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 do in order to feel safe that when you go under distress, you go boom back into those old patterns mm. of do, do, do. You're like, oh, I got to do, do, do. And that's completely unconscious. And what's happening is your body goes into tension. As I'm saying this to you as a chiropractor. Your body's going to go into tension because it's actually working for you, Phil. It's saying, stop doing that. Stop. It's, it's trying to physiologically stop you. The, the fatigue, the chronic fatigue, the chronic fatigue, this is it. I'll tell you, if you've got chronic fatigue, I'll tell you what's happening to you right now. I've seen mm -hmm. it as a pattern. Mm -hmm. Chronic fatigue is your body trying to stop you from taking care of others beyond yourself. Wow. It's your physiology is actually intelligently working for you in order to help you first go back and heal those fucking wounds that you're distracting yourself from by looking after other people, by not dealing with why you're not able to say no in the first place because mm -hmm. of a scarcity uh, trauma that came not just from you, but came from your grandfather <laughs> that yeah. has you like me walking around, not feeling safe in his own body. Yeah. And even bigger pictures, his father and his grand and, and mothers and siblings and so on and so on and so on. I, I, it's going to make your head spin. So the work is like enough. There has to be a point. There has to be a moment where you got to go. Okay. Enough. And then you take on the difficult work of digging up all of that. And it's fun. Yeah. yeah and it's me. an awakening. That's what makes my heart sing is awakening yeah. others like that. I can tell that. I can tell. <laughs> I can feel it in your energy. And as, as we talk about it too, I, 
I think about, I've heard it kind of the analogy of we have kind of this board of directors of who we are. Sometimes oh, yeah. as, people, as people go through these traumas, uh, a member of that board of directors might have been locked away in the, in the broom closet in the corner and they're not at the table anymore. And we have to invite them back. And that, that's what recovery really is, is recovering those parts one part exactly parts, and bringing them back out of the broom closet so to speak and and, to and it's got a stigma to say in recovery we're all in recovery my friend we're all recovering we're yeah. in recovery and i think that needs to be a safe place too because especially we men we look at that as oh well, i'm less if i'm in recovery i i need to be the tough guy and i mm-hmm. <laughs> and and when people are like yeah i'm in recovery people People are like, oh, I'm in this terrible recovery. Shut the hell up. We're all in recovery, dude. Yeah. We're all in recovery. We just have different degrees and stages of what we've recovered from, but we all have this incredible story. If we learn how to navigate it, and the part of the story that you're in right now is the part of the awakening. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the hero's journey. Okay, here you are in your hero's journey. And now we've had this conversation and now you're looking back and going, holy shit, now you're awakening. Now that means that there's going to be a call. There's always a call in every hero's journey in Superman, in Batman, Wizard of Oz, Matrix, same thing. There's like follow the white rabbit, Neo. So they go and they follow and then lo and behold once the call you answer the call the next part of it will be the refusal of the call mm, it's like no 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 i i can't <laughs> i don't want to not me as neo would say i'm not the one you watch the matrix right sure no i'm not the one i'm not the one and i'm here to and then i i, I play the role of the morpheus I play the role of Morpheus and I say, you are the one, Neo. <laughs> yes, it is you and it's your work to go and heal those parts so that you can step into the leadership role that you've been avoiding because you've been stuck in, a, in that story unconsciously. Mm, and that's the hard pivot point, it sounds like, where you either pivot this way or you pivot back to the bad, you know, the old patterns that weren't working. Those are the moments where I have discovery calls with people. And those are the pivot points. It's like, it's like one of those things. I'm Morpheus. And then I, and by the end of the call, I'm like, okay, Phil, based on what you told me about everything that's happened up into your story to now, I get it. Okay. So here's a portal right here. <laughs> and there's a portal right there in your new universe of the new you. Here you go. It's not going to be cheap going to be a lot of calamity along the way (laughs) it's going to be incredibly painful things that you have you know never you've been burying and not wanting to deal with we're going to have to bring them up Mm. so you want to do this or not and then guess what they say (laughs) depends right some are like let's do it i can't like if the pain of the old life in the ordinary world is big enough then you'll, then you'll jump through. But if it's not that painful, we call it what they're called golden handcuffs, golden prison. I'm going to stay in the ordinary world, golden prison. And they're not yet ready to make the leap. So I'm ready, I'm ready for those who are willing to jump in the portal. Those, are, those moments of that discovery call, when I'm talking to somebody who's just really resonated with what I'm saying is like, yes, I want you to help me 
get there. What do you want? Well, I want to heal my relationships now. I want to be able to have a completely different experience of life. I want to unplug from the matrix and create my own reality based on truth. Okay, great. Yeah. Let's do it. Neo. Yeah. And of course, the other side of that coin, aside from the pain and calamity you described, is, is that they can, as you put it, they can dissolve their baggage and they don't have that weighing on them constantly. There's a price to pay for anything in this world, but they might have to go through some of that pain to then have that benefit, which is massive. It's, it's freeing. I mean, yeah. this is what, aside from all the love and things we talk about, which is very, very important, being free on every level. Well, here's the thing. Too. I'll tell you, it feels really good, Phil, to talk to you and just be able to be really complete with my past and not really be ashamed of anything about myself really have integrated my shame and know that I was, you know, didn't show up really well in, in relationships in the past. I, I was, you know, abusive. I was angry. I was easily triggered. I was manipulative. I like dated many girls and, and it, it just, it, I was never satisfied with one. I was very transactional. It feels really good to be able to share that openly with you, but not in a self-critical, self-judging way, in a very understanding of myself way, not justifying my behavior, but understanding it. Because by dissolving the hate and judgment I had for it, which would, took me a while, that was the yeah. big part, I was able to actually then integrate and understand that part of me. And then now, to be able to be in a space where I'm looking and I'm like, I love, I absolutely love what I do. It's an adventure. It's going places. <clears throat> I'm getting opportunities left, right, and center because more people are starting to feel the need to hear this message. My Facebook group is growing. Uh, I absolutely love the people that I'm working with and they're all very, um, you know, heart-centered people that are geniuses in their own right that are aligned aligned in perfect unison with with that vision and we have a deep sense of connection and intimacy with one another and i have a close circle of friends that i they know that i got their back and i know that they have my back okay i i don't even have to question it they're there and like they got my back it's like oh it's like the knowing of that and they know that <clears throat> and what I thought would never be possible in my life is I have a, a, a relationship with a, my fiance who I never thought I would be able to have such a relationship based on mutuality that felt like a safe place, that felt like two people can heal and evolve and grow together, consciously aware of both of our kind of ancestral situations so yeah. that when stuff comes up, we got into conflict like anyone, but when it comes up, we literally are able to alchemize it and neutralize it and turn it into like a deeper connection with one another. Yeah. And why that's so important now is because now we have a baby on the way. Great. We have a baby on the way that's due in October. And we found this out last month in the midst of all this coronavirus thing, knowing what I know about the human nervous system, knowing what I know about how important, like how those traumas get passed, guess how? They get passed in the womb of the mother. The nervous system dissociation or the like activation of the mother gets passed down to the child. If you're in, if you were at a time when you were um, in your mother's uh, womb, 
your mom didn't feel safe and she didn't know if he was going to be, <laughs> if he was going to stick around. Okay. That played a huge impact because you took those cortisol hormones off. So me knowing that you can, you see why important this work is for me right now, because it's like life or death for me because I have a, I have a child on there. I have a child on the way with a pregnant fiance going through coronavirus. So if I'm not fully showing up for her to create as much of a safety, then that baby is going to experience no bullshit that you don't, she's not going to fake it. You can't fake this is going to experience a state where it's not, not safe. And that's, I want to create a very, uh, a child that is, um, that always feels seen and heard and loved so that they can actually have just a knowing of self-confidence. I think that's yeah. the greatest gift we can give our children is self-confidence so that whatever challenges that come up, they're able to adapt. And so that's my number one goal right now. That's, that's what, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. My big why. Mm, I love that. I love that. There's someone we could cover so much. I, I feel like I could talk to you for hours and hours. I could probably go to your, uh, your special uh, things that you do, your, your group, your virtual yes. workshop that we talked about. Yep. Let, let's mm-hmm. touch, since you brought up and we've kind of touched on this coronavirus situation. Perfect. Uh, let's talk about how people, maybe any recommendations or thoughts you have, because a lot of people feel very secluded, alone, scared, uh, going to the grocery store and buying up all the toilet paper kind of stuff that's really unnecessary too. Yeah. But what are some of your thoughts and what, what hope and light can we convey to these people? Well, I have a prediction. This is cool because we're recording it right now. And um, so two, three years later, we can look back and see if what I said was true. Yeah. Um, the coronavirus thing is causing us to awaken to what we have been avoiding all along. And it's causing us if we're really like this is either you're you're getting stronger because of this or things will unravel for you because of this, which is also a gift if you can kind of learn how to weather it, because that's going to help you kind of take full responsibility for what this whole unraveling was all about. Why wasn't I feeling safe in my body? Why didn't I have a people, why didn't I have people around me that felt that, 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 that could support me and that knew that I had their back? Like, you know, it's like there's loneliness. This is exposing all the stuff we've, we're avoiding. Why do you have unhealthy relationships? You know, this is forcing us to, to, to really get to the most important thing. You know, it's like, okay, banks, finances, economy, lose your business. Okay, great. How are your relationships doing because of that? If you got stronger, then you know that you had a solid, secure attachment. If you got weaker or unraveling or you're noticing that people around you, they're, they're, they're gone, it's it's like a wake up call. It's like oh okay. Now either you two two choices from there. When you're not liking the what, what you're seeing, you either which is what our childlike state will want to do is to look around and blame. You know the conspiracy theorists will you know want to blame Donald Trump, blame um, you know who, whoever else. Like whoever's fault it is. That's our childlike state wanting to blame mommy and daddy and wanting to be seen. 
Mm. Or you can grow up. Yeah. Or is the second type who's like blaming angry or the second type that's like, yes, we'll do whatever the government tells us. Okay. Everything the government, yes. Like, like placating. Okay. Tell yeah. us and save us. So it's either one of two. It's like, fuck you. Like you're in, go to your room. That's what the world, that's what the universe is doing right now. <laughs> go, go to your room. room. Okay. Go to your room, Phil. And yeah. so now Phil's got to sit there and, and look around and go, what am I going to do? So you're either going to go and become a good little boy or you're going to go, fuck you, right? Or you're going to turn around and you're going to heal that little boy that felt not seen at the time and then step up and look around at the, all of the opportunities to serve the people that need the healed version of you the most because you have gifts to share and they need this the most from you now. Yeah. It's tough when so many uh, live a life where, and I live in Las Vegas. I mean, so many, it's just such a hospitality based city with hotels and casinos and all the various restaurants. It's all illusion. Yeah. And, and so many people are out of a job right now. And yeah. It, but on a larger scale, not just in Vegas, but in the globe of kind of living as zombies going to and from a job, not really happy, satisfied, complete. Mm. Life, to a job a which it, to a job that's based on an illusion so what happens during a crisis is that it filters away all the bullshit because people don't have time for it i don't have time to gamble right now i'm in survival mode i don't have time to go uh, hookers and strippers and all of those things like i don't have time like i the last thing i want to do right now is to go do that why because i'm only focused on what's the most important thing and it's like holy shit, I can't stand the people I'm around right now. I don't have people that I feel love me and support me. And um, like, I, I, I can't sit with myself. I can't even be by myself because I can't stand myself. It's like, whoa. So my prediction is that people will start to realize this and they're going to need help in figuring that out. Yeah, I that agree. is the greatest identity crisis we're going through. We're going through. I'm 44. I've gone through, and I just went on the other side of of an identity crisis right now. You know, I get it. I went through the divorce, financial, whatever. Like, I get it. I know exactly what you can expect in every stage. I've now come through the other side, and I know how to navigate that. And so, we're going to be seeing an onrush of people that are really wanting to heal. A, a mass awakening of men and women ready to take on healing what was really going on before all this happened. Mm, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, and we need to look at it not Has as to. just, especially this coronavirus thing is making us think in terms of the collective whole, the unity of humanity that we're, we are interconnected. That's why people are secluded be realizing we can get each other sick and the old people and so on. Uh, and so it's not just I need to heal. I need to heal for my inner relation, interpersonal relationships out there with the universe, personal and otherwise. I got to reset my relationship with the universe. I got to set up a new framework. I got to yeah. set up a new identity now. But I got to let that old gift. identity die. It is that sometimes it is a gift if you can if you find it. It's a gift if you find the strength and the courage to get the right guidance to guide you through that. It is always a gift. You, you will come across stronger, but you have to do specific things that are difficult. You must look at yourself and take full responsibility.
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I like that you used the word aligned earlier. I've talked in the podcast several times about someone taught me a while ago that the word joy in Hebrew means an alignment and a return to something. And so uh, that's kind of, we need to return to what we really are, reawaken all the stuff in us that maybe we, we uh, locked away in the broom closet kind of thing. <laughs> and this is a great opportunity. I look at everything as an opportunity, as a gift, even if it's something we didn't expect and is maybe in some ways painful, like this coronavirus seclusion and stuff, uh, that these can all be gifts in that regard. And I, we don't have a ton more time. I'd love to, like I said, we, should, we gotta probably do a sequel we got a little weird sound going on here. Anytime, brother. I, uh, w- what is it about this uh, group that you're doing? Let's talk about that before we it's close. It's called Trigger Proof. And what okay. I'm doing is just, it just was spurred. Yeah, Facebook group is called Trigger Proof. How to heal, your, regulate, and heal, boost your immunity during a crisis. Can't okay. think of a better time for a thing like and that. And I just started it because I was like, it came to me through a meditation. And I was like, okay, so I'm sitting here in quarantine, I have these gifts, like either I sit and rot and bore myself to death, or I can share my gifts, what I'm here to do. And so this idea was born to create this free Facebook group where every day at 11am Pacific and 7pm Pacific, I do a trigger proof transmission, where I really get myself into a very heart-centered loving place that's connected to why I'm here, connected to all those parts of me that were wounded that I carry with me and my intergenerational family that I carry with me behind me. Whoa, that's a big thing. I carry them all with me to, 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 to transmit a, a kind of like a lesson that's gonna help you regulate your nervous system. It's kind of that. science and soul together. Because you got to have everything. So uh, every day, 11 a.m. Pacific time, this is... Uh, it's coming up in like 10 minutes. Uh, like okay. coming up in like, uh, yeah, after I finish my chat with you, I'm going to go get myself, maybe do a little run, ask myself key questions to really prepare myself. And then I'm going to just kind of, yeah. I love it. I love it. So drnima.com, D-R-N-I-M-A.com the trigger proof Facebook group. And of course the overview method, I can't uh, say enough great things about all the stuff you had to, to say today. And I, I want to, like I said, I want to return and, and kind of pick up where we left off and maybe see where we're at in a month or two or six or whatever with this coronavirus, Dude. See how your predictions come about. Yeah. Too. Well, yeah, this is, you know, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that people will start to awaken to that. Right. But many won't. And, and that's okay. And but the, the people who really are know that they're, they were meant for something greater are going to awaken to that and go, okay, I think I'm ready. Yeah. Okay. Even though I'm scared, I'm ready. Yeah. And I'm glad that you're giving people a safe place to, to do that and feel that and take those leaps of faith, so to speak. Uh, thank you so much for your time. And I'll let you go run, get ready for your group event and yeah, all the various things you're doing, but let's Phil, stay in touch. It was a great conversation and I look forward to, you know, to chatting more yeah likewise next time and and for our viewers and listeners we don't always have viewers we do have listeners but as always empower yourself empower the world around you thank you thanks so much for listening to empower humans if you enjoyed the show please rate and review this podcast for more great content and to stay up to date visit empowerhumans.com we'll catch you next time